Hi, I'm Tim. And I'm Ginny. And we are the Irreverends. Hi. Hi. Welcome to you? Ascension Day. I'm good. I mean, you know. Yes. Ascension Day in the never ending Good for a pandemic. Corona tide. Corona tide. That's right. Yeah. We should start measuring it by the third Sunday after what it would be like the 10th, 12th. How many Sundays after the Corona tide? I don't even know. Okay. Ascension. I want to be lifted up out of this life. Hey, so, I see what you did there. <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks. It's called a segue. Don't, don't do it anytime soon, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. I just, All no. Right. Um, okay, so, so this is one of those days that the actual day that the church celebrates the Feast of the Ascension is Thursday. Thursday. May 21st. But normally what churches do is they take a, a, an important feast day like this that's important in the story of Jesus or salvation, and they move it to the following Sunday or the nearest Sunday. Unless they're super high angle Catholic and then they get to all look down on us from their lofty perches. And exactly. Yes. Which, which is while not they, While they are doing, are, in fact, Easter 7. Which is not so. who we are because we're not. That's not not what we do but we thought that since it's an important day we should do the lessons and and tim says oh we did it last year but we can um see if we have some new fresh insights because everything's different in the world in the time of the corona tide yes so um whose turn is it to read what i isn't it funny that i never remember it's like everything else with the corona tide the days just bleed into the next. So I'll just you read said, first. And if okay. we're wrong, then we're wrong. I know, because like, that's culpa, what's going to happen. Mea maxima culpa. Okay. <laughs> Previously. Okay. So <clears throat> this is from Whenever you book. say previously like that, like your TV okay. voice, I really think previously on L.A. Law. Cause oh, for me, it's for me it's always Battlestar Galactica. Oh. So when I was in Previously, law school, we would Star all Galactica. watch L.A. Law. Like, we all thought that's what... Like, working as lawyers would be like. And you were wrong. Wrong. So wrong. Nobody's life is like actually like that. Okay. okay. We digress. Let me be quiet. All right. Acts. For the first time ever. The Book of Acts. The second volume in a two-volume series. This is the beginning of Acts. Acts 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, 
Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And here endeth the lesson. So, got nothing. No, I don't <laughs> have nothing. <laughs> I'm really so, stuck. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, I mean, you know, we talked in the past and the reading, you know, you, basically Luke is the only one that really covers the ascension in any detail. So this is the this is the version that you tend to hear and the one you tend to think about with Jesus kind of floating up into the sky like a kite, <laughs> um, disappearing into the clouds. We no, have the clouds. seriously though, so we have, I, I we have actually... this great window in our little chapel at right. the church I'm serving now, Christ Church of the Ascension. This is oh our my festival gosh. day for the parish. Oh my gosh. And uh, we're not able to do it. Do you have the feet? Plan, do you have say. the feet dangling down? No, we don't have uh, we don't have the feet dangling down from the ceiling. But what we do have is this lovely little uh, stained glass window in the chapel that they built for the the day school. And seriously, is Jesus looking like a kite? It's in a kite shape and everything. Oh my gosh! Wiggly, like yeah, it, like it's a tail. Terrible. Yeah. So I, I think you know what's going to happen. I'm going to send you a photo of that. Oh please, for, please, for we'll what, post it this. with we'll the note with the this. show notes. Yeah. So I so, actually always picture this like a hoverboard. A cloud took him out of their sight, like like a cheesy oh. old movie, you know. Where yeah, the cloud lifted him up. The cloud lifted him up, and yeah. um, and took you know. Him but out. the truth is, is that when you read the Greek, the As up one there does. Is, is not necessarily clear, right? While they while I was going and they were gazing up towards heaven, th- there's actually no up there. It just says. In, in the Greek, basically, while he was going and they were gazing into heaven, suddenly two men in white robes. So the cosmology was different back in the day. People thought that the sky was a great crystal dome that held back the waters of And that God was literally, us. right. And, and so I want to talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that, that heaven is not an up there situation. Heaven is just... In fact, God's own dimension, if you will, right? And it coincides and coexists alongside the dimensions that we experience, but uh, we, it's just not, the two are not contained and connected to each other. But that is what we look forward to in the resurrection. Well, they, they are connected. I mean, in in a big yeah, just huge not all, scheme of not things. all the time, right? You know, this is this is not obvious all the time. I guess so is really what I'm saying. I was gonna say earlier when I when I talked about like cheesy movies and Jesus going up in a cloud, a more um, modern depiction of somebody going into heaven is they sort of walk up a ramp or something, and they and they reach a place where there's like I like light. the one where it's like this cloud covered escalator. Oh, that's nice. That's a good one. Yeah. And all those really come out of this idea that that's presented in both both this uh, in Acts specifically, but also in what we'll read in Luke. So Luke covers the ascension twice, and it's slightly different each time. So it's kind of interesting to look at it that way. What I was going to say is there are some more modern versions that don't assume that heaven is up. Yeah. But that heaven is um, through a veil. That's something it. like a veil. Heaven is actually all around us. It's just currently veiled until the new heaven and new earth are remade 
at the ends and reconnect it. And anyone who's heard me preach more than a half a dozen sermons has heard me talk about the thin space, the Celtic notion of a thin space, where the veil between this world and the next is very thin. And there are some thin spaces that are like the tops of mountains or, or particular churches. Have, yeah, yeah, holy places. Places that have prayed in over millennia. Yeah. yeah. And, and sometimes a person is per, per carries around with them a thin space, a super holy and, person. And anybody who has attended a good death can tell you oh, the a death. space grows thin there. Yeah, and and anybody who works in healthcare can tell you that it's that it's such a regular occurrence that as death draws near, people hear the voices of their dead loved ones, or they're visited by dead loved ones, or they hear music that no one else can hear. You know, those stories, which are just so common capture this idea that heaven is everywhere and that it is just hidden from us normally but that there are times when we can get a glimpse or a whiff or a waft of sound or something from it and the instinct in us is so great to look up i mean and it's such a heavy cultural assumption Mm -hmm. the man upstairs and god is up there and somehow removed from us and looking down on us the whole metaphor of it is so distressing when you think about it and you know literally god god is above us we're down here we're below we're not but it really really it's just god's dimension that we can't necessarily participate in. we can't access all the time in our mortal form so it's not exactly like the Matrix. Where no, because the Matrix is all around you, <laughs> and you're actually in it. And Matrix is protecting you, if you will, or from from the real world, which you're escaping. But but anyway, it's more like the Matrix than it is the idea that somehow God is hovering above yeah. us. So theologically, this was a moment where Jesus was taken from them again. Yes. And... It's such a human response that they're trying to watch. You know, they want to watch until he disappears. And that's kind of the whole point of him going away, actually, is like, all right, you guys are just hanging out with me and not doing what I need you to do. So, you know, you're go. set now. Go out there. Right. Go, go on now. Go on. Do do the work. <laughs> Build the kingdom of God. And which, which they don't it's do. It's really the lesson, the lesson of the ascension. Well, actually, it's not true that they don't do it at all, because the story of Pentecost finds Peter, at least, preaching. Yeah. So it's not like they go and hide, as they did before, after he died. No, after this, they're really out there. I mean, particularly after 10 days when it's Pentecost and they receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah, we don't want to get ahead ourselves with this story, but... No. So... But the point is, is that, you know, Jesus knew he had to go away to make room for them to actually do the work. So why do we celebrate? We why why is this a feast day in the church? Like, why didn't Jesus just leave and the Holy Spirit come immediately? Like, why these delays? And what does the delay mean? There are certainly times when I feel God's presence. Mm-hmm. And then there are times when I don't. And I can understand, I can really connect with the disciples who are watching Jesus disappear and I would be sitting there going, I would be grieving again. I would be like, 
we just got you back. Like, I don't want you to go. I'm not ready for you to go. I'm scared. I don't know what I'm doing. So but- I think I think that the church celebrates this by and large because this is the point where yes, it's, it's Jesus handing us the keys to the car. Which was such a bad idea. Well, we are still <laughs> like a bunch of teenagers. Yes, I know. It's not really so, a bad idea. It's just not working real well yet. Yeah. I mean, it's an incredible It's, it's not perfected. It is an incredible act of love and faith. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah, not... Notice that, notice that he didn't give us the gas yet, though. I mean, the gas comes on Pentecost. So like, even we could then, only maybe drive it around the block for the first 10 days. Even he wasn't then. entirely out of his mind on it. So I just... But I think... That, I think that that's the reason why we, why we celebrate it is, and it's like one of those major feasts of the Lord that we hardly ever actually celebrate in mm-hmm. practice. You know, most never most, actually had an ascension most, cake, though. Frankly, people, I'd be up for baking it right now, except there's no white my, sugar in my house. Give there's me my no ascension sugar. gifts, uh, but it is this this moment of transition. Yeah, I mean, I guess when we think of that. It is the shift from Jesus being bodily present as his own self to being us. Being present as the body of Christ on earth yeah. through us. Yeah. And frankly, even when I think of it that way, on the one hand, it's really touching. But on the other, I'm like, this is not a good idea. We'd rather have you back. Like, Yeah, but the problem is, is that when... That's the case, and all we do is hang out and listen to him. We don't go out and like help. Him. I know, but that sounds so appealing right now. I, like that sounds. You, have a, you, have, you need a little Mary time, a little less Martha time. I totally. Right. I mean, yes, it sounds so appealing in part because we're stuck at home, but also the world, the the problems of the world seem so insurmountable. And I just they always are. I know we're still called to actually like love one well, another and take care of people and if we do all I that know. then even when the crazy stuff that we can't control like a virus happen at least we're taking care of each other right because then at pentecost which is now in our rearview mirror the gift ahead of us pentecost is no 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 but i mean like in reality it's, it's okay not liturgically. Yeah. i'm i'm messing with time right now because earlier i talked about the delay and now i've just jumped right over it but you're just being all Kairos on it? Like, yeah, I am. Kairos being God's sense of time as opposed to linear time. The gift of Pentecost was something completely unexpected. Almost literally set them on fire. What well, did. And, and, well, they said, I mean, right, 3, I mean, we'll talk about it when it comes, but I mean, like... It didn't burn them. Like, no. You know, they didn't come out looking like burn victims, but I mean, it set them on fire. They went out, they preached... 3,000 people joined the church that day, another well, 10,000 over the course of the I mean, next and they, couple and, days. And, in the, and with, by 300 years later, it was the official church of Rome. Yeah. I mean, I guess... Which may not have always been a great thing. No, but, I hey. know. I know. That could have been Satan's best trick. Um, but I guess what I need to remember is that the problems of humanity are never within our ability to fix ourselves. No. But God working within us can do more than we can ask or imagine. And, and and we're not also, asked to do it alone. Even if we can't surmount the problems of the world, that doesn't excuse us from making sure that we're caring for one another. Right. And we are not actually in that 10-day gap between when Jesus gets sucked up to heaven or flown up to heaven like a kite or lifted up to heaven by a cloud. 
or passing through the veil of heaven. <laughs> right. Which is more like as we would like to think of it theologically. Now. We're not in the gap between when Jesus leaves and when the Holy Spirit comes. We actually are living in a time of the Holy Spirit. That's right. And we need to rely on the Holy Spirit to keep us imaginatively loving one another and keeping the kingdom, keeping us moving closer and closer toward the kingdom. All right, let's get, let's read the gospel. Let's see what the gospel has to say about any of this. Uh, This is the gospel of Luke chapter 24, verses 44 to 53. Jesus said to his disciples, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple blessing God. So yeah, here's the other description of this. Yeah, and they're out there. And that and you don't have this where they're staring after him and the men are like, dudes, go, go back. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not here. What are you doing standing here? Um here on their own initiative, they they worshiped him right there, but then they returned to Jerusalem and they were constantly in the temple. So they're so interestingly same author, two slightly different versions. What is any of, okay, I, my constant question, what does any of this have to do with us today? My thing of I want Jesus here, I'd rather have Jesus here. I think it might have been a bad decision to give us the keys to the car. Well, I think this one in particular is a call to us to be mindful of the scriptures, where it's specifically talking about these are the words I spoke to you, everything written about me, the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Mm -hmm. This is a call for us to engage in the study of scripture, to understand how it points to Jesus and what that means for us. It means that we follow an itinerant preacher from a poor town in the Galilee who, as a witness to the coming of the kingdom of God, healed people who were untouchable. And, brought, and unfathomable good that they news would be, to the poor. be brought in and brought them back into community and to life with the community who preached, like you said, uh, to take care of the poor, who everything that he did witnessed to the coming of the kingdom of God now here. And it's the scriptures that, and the study of the scriptures that lead us into understanding the fullness of who Jesus is and what we are called to do. But so, Tim, I, I, you're absolutely right, of course, but not everybody's minds are open to the scriptures in the same way. People have used the scriptures to suit their own personal yeah, agendas. An abuse of the scriptures is an abuse of the scripture. And 
it's not in keeping with with Jesus. And the challenge, I mean, it's an incredible challenge to try to understand the scriptures with curiosity and not to go into them with looking for confirmation. I am mindful that Jesus didn't just open the scriptures to one person, or he didn't do it to them when they were, you know, sort of simultaneously appearing to them all separately, you know, like in their dreams. He opened their minds when they were together because they're all together. I do think there's a really critical thing about trying to understand the scriptures in community. Absolutely. But again, I look at, you know, my entire life, I did not buy what other people told me the scriptures meant because it sounded like God was bloodthirsty and scary. And... I didn't find that. And like I said, it's it's a matter of studying the scriptures to understand Jesus. And so Jesus is the lens by which we look at scripture now. And if somebody is reading the scripture in a way that does not accord itself with the life, ministry, sacrificial death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, they are selling you a bad egg. Which Jesus warned about. Totally. I guess I just have... And isn't that a call for us to really be out there about it? Yes. Encountering the voice that is misusing and maligning scripture. Which is part of the whole purpose for the podcast, right? Is Is to share an approach to reading scripture that, as you, the term you use, looking at it through the lens of Jesus through a lens of love and healing and wholeness and compassion and the idea that the kingdom of heaven is here and we're invited to participate in the parting of the veil, bringing the the living connection. Lives, living lives that are as if heaven and earth have been rejoined. Right. Because then for the people who experience that through us, heaven and earth will have been joined. Yeah. And that is a completely different way to look at scripture. And it's it's inspiring and it's loving and it sets you free and it's beautiful. And I think, Tim, it's just really hard for me right now to, it's hard for me to be in this space where... And is, isn't that the time when we have to do it most? Oh my God, yes, of course. <laughs> And it's hard. It is because it's it is, exhausting. Because that's why that's why I connect so much with the disciples in the version in Acts, where they're like looking at him disappearing, and they have to be they have to be slapped around a little and sent back out. And that's what you're but trying to do. You're slapping out, me around a little and sending me back out, which I totally yeah, deserve. Then when they're sent out, they go to the temple and proclaim the kingdom, right? Blessing God. So, so. people of the world listeners of the irreverence, here's the deal. The kingdom of God is already coming, and you can choose to be a part of it by living your life like Jesus lived, a life of self-giving love and looking out for people on the margins and people who have been hated and excluded and reviled and healing the sick and binding up wounds taking the people that were considered less than people and like lepers or women and making them a part of your community 
That's right. And if we were to do that, we really would make the difference between heaven and earth almost indistinguishable, which was what it must have been like to be around Jesus until things went so terribly wrong. But then things went terribly right. I know. Because God, God is always up for a surprise. And then Jesus had to go away because he knew we'd just be hanging out with him instead of doing the work. <laughs> ah! So... That's Should such we do good parenting. Sure. Oh my God, I forgot we haven't done it yet. Okay. All right. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Honestly, when you started to read that, I literally thought, oh, thank God. Like, because we can't do it ourselves. We are not asked to do it with our own power. We are asked to just receive the power that is going to be given us. And there's such confidence in this. You will be my witness to the ends of the earth. There's such confidence in us. And when I when I look at it that way, it's so beautiful. It's such great parenting. You know, we talked about this last week a little bit about that you will do this, yeah. you know, but this one has that confident. No, I know you. You don't have to do it by yourself. Yeah. You but will have future, this power fe- and you will do it. Perfect indicative. You're going to do it. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. What do you think? I think it's, I think what stands out to me is the ends of the earth. Oh. You know, we. We live in a time of such rampant uh, nationalism and uh, punditry and all this other stuff that we are neglecting, that we are merely human beings in one nation on a globe. And the reminder that we are called to bring goodness to the ends of the earth is something that stands out Mm -hmm. to me at this time. That's beautiful. Like, instead of wrapping the world around with the airwaves full of hatred, like, we can reach, we have the ability to reach the ends of the earth, and what are we reaching it with? That's beautiful. And in this case, we're supposed to reach, reach it with the gospel. Right. So. So, we need all of our listeners to share the irreverence and to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Right. So who do you want to bless? I want to bless those who are busy looking up instead of out. Oh, and oh. I want, you know, because I, I've, I've been there. Uh, I'm feeling a lot of like <laughs> pent up missionary fervor right now, mm-hmm. being stuck at home, I think, more than anything else. Uh, so for those of you who are listening from Trinity Newport, get ready. Um, but... <laughs> It's it's really about it's about that we have been in this weird way stuck at home looking up. Oh and my gosh! It's time, you know. I think I think that this is a time where we are being prepared for when we are released, the the moment that we can get back out there and do it. Um, that we better get out there and do it. So, what's your blessing? Mm. Our blessings are for the same people. 
those of us who are standing up looking toward heaven. And I hear the excitement in your voice, and I I feel like you're one of those angels, really, who are standing there saying, why do you stand up looking toward heaven? But I also feel the sense of, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I know there are so many people in their lives right now who say, I don't know what to do. Whether it's about their business or their homeschooling their children or making plans for their future or they don't, they've lost their job or or they can't really leave yet their homes because they, I mean, nothing's changed. It's not like we have a vaccine now or widespread testing. Not knowing what to do is so human. And my blessing is for those who feel stuck in that place. Hmm. For them to know that this promise, the power will come to you. It will. God is not going to leave you standing there forever, not knowing what to do. And, And I am certainly standing there with you, not knowing what to do. Nice. Amen. Yeah, but yeah, thank you for that, like, inspiration. I that, Thank I think, you for that. I think I know what I'm preaching Sunday. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> Woo, bring it. All righty. Um, Thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, and now you've heard you need to bring this good news to the ends of the earth. So tell a friend. Literally share it with somebody. If you like what you hear, share it with somebody. Please. Yeah. Give us a rating and let us know what you think. So we'll see you next week. Bye. All right. Bye now. It's Texas, baby. Go big or go home. Oh, my God. The stars are bright. God. Late at night. Deep in the heart of Texas.